0: The Breakdown, Politrix, with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, telling you what you need to know regarding politics, breaking it down, politrics. And welcome to another episode of Politricks with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, bringing you the news you can use so you don't lose. Politrix appears on the umbrella network of The Urban Breakdown. Please subscribe to The Urban Breakdown. And if you have already subscribed, tell a friend to tell a friend, featuring hit shows such as Politrix, as well as 360 Degrees. And every now and again, we get a special hit from, let's say, He Said, She Said, or A Man's Perspective, or whatever other venture they happen to do short run just to give the people a little teaser of what might be coming in the future. Merck do your thing.
1: Thank you sir thank you so apologize for the little uh hiatus taking care of some family business nothing bad nothing bad just helping my dad out with some stuff you know trying to get the old man uh straightened out in a good way in a good way. <laughs> so we're just gonna jump right into
2: it got a lot to talk about uh i'll say this blue do you play the lottery at all
0: i tend to play the lottery sporadically maybe no more than four or five times a year
1: okay so you just play when when it's like big jackpots like in
2: powerball and stuff like that
0: or when i'm really really broke and i just want to wish upon a star
2: i get that i get that
1: you know I actually used to play on a regular basis. And what made it easier for me to do that is you could play lottery online now. So you could just like North Carolina Lottery, there's a website and you could just buy your tickets online. And when you win, they email you. And then they have like an account that they put it in and, you know. But I stopped playing the lottery recently. I, I, don't, I don't do it anymore because I look at it like this. I play, I don't play Powerball or uh, Mega Millions. I think those are ripoffs. So um, I play Cash 5 and I play Lucky for Life. So Cash 5, I think the, the jackpot starts at 50 grand. And then if you don't win, it builds up. Sometimes it'll go up to like maybe two, 300 grand. And even then, sometimes you may have to split it with a couple people. But who cares? You know, it's a dollar a day. Who cares? You know, and then I was playing another one called Lucky for Life. It's $2 a play, but it's only twice a week. So basically, if you get the, there's like the five numbers and then the lucky ball, which is, I guess, their version of the Powerball. If you get the, uh, the five numbers, you get $25,000 a year for life. So even after, let's say a tax it at 30%, you still walk, you're still walking away with 17 grand for a lot of people. Like that's like their yearly mortgage or their yearly rent, you know? So I'm like, that would be nice. And if you get the five numbers and the, uh, the lucky ball, they give you $1,000 a day for life. So even if they tax that, once again, even if they tax it at 30%, you're still clearing 200 grand a year. I could retire on that easy, right? So I do everything on a budget, on a spreadsheet. So I know that when I do my lottery, it costs me every paycheck, costs me 23 bucks, right? Which is a lot of money, but you know, it's fun to wake up in the morning and do the same corny joke over and over again. Oh, can I retire yet? No. Well, I guess I need to get dressed and go to work. But lately the lottery pulled the fast one on me. And I was just like, nah, I'm not going. I'm not going for that. So now Cash Five did this thing where it's like, okay, you could play for a dollar a day, but for two dollars a day there'll be a second drawing with the same numbers. Well, you know, with with your same numbers. And then if you win that one, they give you double the money. But now you got to play for $2 a day. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not with that. You know, and then lucky for life was like, well, it's $2 a play only twice a week. But now we're going to do it every day now. So now it's going to be daily drawings. So now if I do that, it's going to go from $23 per paycheck to 60 bucks per paycheck. I'm already trying to catch up on a whole bunch of medical bills. And I'm just like, you know what? That's not going to happen. So I, I closed my account with the lottery. And I just said, yeah, I'm not going to play lottery anymore. I mean, I've been playing the same Cash five numbers for what, 13 years? Maybe twice in that whole time I've won uh, like a $250 jackpot. Maybe twice in that time. So I'm just like, yeah, okay, I could just do without it but I thought about something, okay? I'm lucky that I'm not a gambling addict, right? I have some of the traits. I'm not gonna lie, going will go over that in a second, but I'm not an addict. So I saw an article about it and I wanted to see how serious the thing that whole thing, uh, that whole uh, gambling edition is with, uh, with Lottery. And I found an article in FHEhealth.com. Uh, well, FHE Rehab, I should say, and They talked about, now this one, they centered on scratch off addiction. I figure if you're playing it online, it's the same thing, right? They said, what's the difference between occasional purchases and addiction, right? And then they had some bullet points. They said, you feel you need to stop at the gas station every day to get a scratch off, even if you're late getting home or have other tasks that seem more important, okay? You're buying lottery tickets, even though you're behind on bills or need to use the cash for something else. Uh, you think about, plan for, it, even pray for lottery winnings. You hide your addiction from your family and friends, often getting rid of scratch-offs before anyone sees them. If you win something from the tickets, you immediately reinvest the funds into more tickets. Never really walk it away with the money in your hand. Uh, you feel anxious, overwhelmed, and even angry if you can't play the lottery, or uh, you've stolen or borrowed money to play the lottery. Now, I will say this, I, I joke about, it. I call it lottery psychosis, meaning that if there is a day where I forget to play the lottery, I do get a little anxious, like, I, like now my numbers have probably come out because I didn't play, you know what I mean? But I figure I'm not an addict because I'm just like, you know what, this is bullshit, I ain't playing no more, it's too much money now you know, for not enough return on an investment, I guess, if you can call it that for lottery. But I feel really bad for people who have those addictions. And then the state is basically just throwing fuel on the fire by making you play more and more and more. Like one thing about, I mean, I go back and forth with my love and hate for the government, because there are certain things where if the government did it. They would do it better than private industry and there are certain things where if the government's involved or uh the way they regulate it that it is just pure death you figure okay you go to jail for uh snorting croak snorting cokes smoking crack right or doing heroin and you know why because the government's not getting their cut so you could basically drink until your liver Turns into, uh, into meatloaf, that's fine because the government's getting their cut. Right. But if they're not getting their cut, then it's illegal. And I know I'm simplifying it because, yes, cocaine addiction is a very serious thing. Narcotics is a very serious thing. You know, and at one point, heroin used to be legal. They were touting it as a, as a successor to, um, to morphine. But when they saw how people were getting hooked, They were just like, yeah, this is not a good idea. We need to make this illegal. And the thing is, is that they, because of all this hysteria, they lumped marijuana in with those schedule one drugs. Marijuana shouldn't be there. I don't smoke and I've never smoked. But at the same time, people who smoke don't really bother me. You know? Because, I mean, if you look at all the studies, I mean, there's a lot of medicinal uh benefits to marijuana you know it's basically and then i know a lot of people trying to push
2: marijuana as a successor to uh for for painkillers instead of getting hooked on opioids right it's it's
1: absolutely insane and you figure with the north carolina lottery i was looking it up only 30 percent of what they take in goes into education so last year in 2020, I guess people were playing more lottery because they, they said they had a record breaking year. They took in over $900 million. So yes, $300 million is gonna go toward uh, education. But a lot of that I found out is going toward uh, non-instructional uh, personnel. And the one thing I was trying to find out, I couldn't find it definitively before the show, Are they supplementing those salaries or are they paying those salaries through the lottery that's kind of crazy but the fact that they allow the lottery to just feed people's addictions like that is absolute insanity so i'm lucky where i'm at the point where i'm just like well oh this is bullshit i'm not gonna play anymore and then i just close my account and cash out and just don't play anymore but there are some people who right now are like oh well, if cash five is going to be this much, then I'll just pay my electric bill late so I can play my, my cash five or play my lucky for life. Because when
2: I win, I'll be on easy street. Yeah, I don't think it actually works that way. You know, and yes, people do win, you know, and if people were winning every week, I might be more inspired to play, but it doesn't work like that. So I will say this before I move on. Uh, If you know anybody who
1: meets those bullet points, or maybe if you yourself meet those bullet points and you need to get help, there's no shame in getting help because this is not something you could tackle on your own. So, you know, talk to a healthcare professional, talk to, you know, talk to people in your life that care about you and get the help that you need, you know. I'm pretty sure those kids will get their school books some other way. I mean, we do have a state budget for a reason. So
2: anyway, Mr. Blue, did you get a chance to go see uh, Shang-Chi yet? So I haven't seen it yet. I'm probably, gonna, I'm probably gonna try and go this weekend to go see it. I wanted to
1: wait until the theaters weren't so packed, you know.
0: crazy thing is I have an AMC premiere account, which I pay $19.95 a month and can watch three movies a week, any format, for the same price, uh, with tax about $21.34. And I have not yet made it out to see any of the new Marvel films, but I am going to take some time out of my busy schedule this week, this weekend, to do so. So I will watch... Uh, hopefully, Black Widow is still in theaters, and if it is, then that'll be one of them. And then I'll follow up with Shang-Chi.
1: I, th- I think Black Widow, I want to say Black Widow's on Disney now. I know Cruella is. I think Jungle Cruise is still on Premier Access. I want to say Black Widow streaming. But Shang-Chi just came out a couple weeks ago. Only reason why I bring up Shang-Chi today is because there were a there's a lot of people in and, and i hate the fact that they make like comic fans seem like racist assholes. Like anytime you make a comic or a comic character with somebody who's not white, there's a certain segment of the population that screams out, oh they're they're being woke, and then they pray for these movies to fail. So they had all these articles where they and I blocked some of the articles too. Because I was just like, I don't want to see these articles in my feed anymore. Because y'all just being ridiculous now. Like they're literally praying for these movies to fail, because they don't want to see movies with anybody else but white people in the lead, and then as black people as their sidekicks or you know stuff like that. And but they won't, but they can't just come out and say it. So they just pray on these movies to fail, you know. And they and they figured Shang Chi was gonna flop at the box office. Now here's the thing what were they basing that on yes we are in a pandemic right and yes with the delta variant raging with people you know not following instructions and people getting infected and stuff like that yeah i could see a drop off you know there's probably it's going to be a while before we have a, another billion dollar movie like we had
2: with um with, uh, with endgame you know till so people are more comfortable being in the theaters but
1: movie was not gonna flop you know it had a lot of great actors in it it had a lot of i mean just even from the trailers i've been i've been dying to see it and i've been dodging spoilers for the last couple of weeks (laughs) so i can go see it this weekend but of course it did very well matter of fact it broke uh and labor day is not usually a weekend where a lot of people go to the movies you know because people are out barbecuing and stuff like that but it, it shattered uh labor day records and uh and you figure marvel still got two more movies this year i think i think they have the eternals and then they have spider-man toward the end of the year you know but i heard shanky was really good it has like like a 92 a percent rotten tomatoes rating it has like a 98 percent audience score you know so people loved it and I just wanted to bring it up real quick before I move on, just because like all, all the uh, all all the, uh, the the Chuds were just basically like, you know, they went from oh Shang-Chi is gonna flock to oh well uh uh Black Widow made more money. Uh who gives a shit? Who gives a rat's ass about that? That's like if I had a race and I have 50 and there's 50 horses in the race, and I have two horses in the race. And the horses come in at number one and number two. Am I going to berate the horse that came in at number two? I'm getting I'm getting twice the prize money. So why would I even care? Like that's their way of saying, oh, the dumb thing that I thought was going to happen didn't happen. So now I got to make up. I got to move the goalpost to show that this movie is a failure, and it succeeded in a pandemic, mind you. So all. You know, you know what a CHUD is, Blue? It's actually named after there was a, a, a horror movie in the 80s. I watched it last year, my horror marathon. I hadn't seen it in, in years. And I watched it last year for my horror marathon. Called It's called CHUD, right? And it's an acronym. It stands for Cannibalistic Humanoid Underground Dwellers. And it was basically a, a movie about homeless people who were living in the sewers getting turned into uh, radioactive mutants because companies were dumping their nuclear waste in the sewers, because they didn't want to pay to get rid
2: of it. So they, so they called them, uh, they were calling them chuds. So now when they call somebody a
1: chud, it's basically, um, it's their way of saying people who are just, uh, just dumb and ugly. They call them chuds. <laughs> so i thought that was fitting all these chuds writing articles about how bad shang chi is going to fail and that woke movies don't work now they're eating crow and now they're moving the goalposts so y'all could just y'all could just eat a dick at this point that's all i gotta say about that so i mean the eternals comes out uh, has it made
0: its but has it made his budget back yet
1: yeah it made okay, that's
0: budget. all i care about if it can make twice his budget it's considered a successful
2: yeah. You know, it definitely made, it definitely made its budget back. So, uh, they didn't give an exact
1: amount. They said, uh, it costs between 150 and 200 million to make. And, and I guess the, the, the space is, uh, counts, uh, advertising. And then it's already made as of this morning, it made 250 million worldwide. And it's only been out for two weeks. So. Yeah, they're, they're going to make a profit off of that, for sure.
0: Has China allowed it into this market?
1: That, I don't, that I'm not sure of. I imagine it probably made it in there this week if it did because of the jump in the international market. Because before, it was making more in domestic, which is kind of strange. And then all of a sudden this week, it kind of caught up as far as the, domestic, the spread between domestic and, um, and, I, and... And there was some... I, I, I think I mentioned it on the Saturday show. In, in uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in Marvel comics that they wish that they could forget. And, and, and I hate to use that excuse, but it was a different time. Like Luke Cage in the 70s was, you know, he was born of exploitation movies. So, you know, he spoke jive and he said say st- stuff like, sweet Christmas and shit like that. And in the 90s, he got a more modern makeover. So the Luke Cage you see now was like the Luke Cage that came about in the 90s. You know, before he was on this whole, he he used to wear like this weird yellow shirt and like a metal tiara and yeah, it was was pretty terrible. (laughs) He had a chain for a belt. (laughs) It was pretty terrible when you think about it. But in uh, Shang-Chi was from that era, you know, a master of Kung Fu. His father in the comics was Fu Manchu. And there was a little article about that, how the Chinese were hoping that that wasn't gonna be the case in the MCU because Fu Manchu for the Chinese is like Uncle Remus for us as far as like horrible racial stereotypes, you know? I just thought that was interesting. And then of course Marvel was like, hell no, that's not gonna happen. As a matter of fact, we're trying to forget about that. So please don't bring it up. <laughs> so, but um, skipping a more, serious stuff let me ask you a a quick question blue i know it's 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 a general question so there's no right or wrong answer actually just how do you feel how do you feel right now about joe biden overall i mean i know it's only been nine months but how do you feel i don't feel
0: two fucks about him i don't see nothing he's doing for us not saying he has to do anything for us i don't think he's making the right decisions i think out of all the power he has he's bending to the will of the the one percent I'm like a fucker Biden, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. I mean, the the bad thing about someone like Joe Biden is that they'll get by not because they're great, but because the people who will replace them would be just absolutely terrible. Like America couldn't survive another four years of Donald Trump. There was a, a report that came out that after Trump lost the election, so you know he was president from the time he lost the election until the inauguration, that they were literally hiding the nuclear codes from him because they were afraid that he was going to start a nuclear
2: war with China. Like that's how, that's how terrible Trump was as president, you know? So
1: the Democrats could just be mediocre because they know that the alternative is death when it comes to people like Trump. But it still doesn't mean that we can't hold these people to account. You know, I I don't like when people will just like, well, you know, I think Joe Biden's great because he's not a national embarrassment. Yeah, but he ain't doing shit. He does just enough to get by. The problem is, is that every positive thing that that they said Joe Biden was gonna do, he didn't wanna do any of it. That's all Bernie Sanders. You think Joe Biden wants to eliminate uh, student debt? No. You think he gives a shit about a green new deal? You know, no. He don't want to do none of that shit. That's all Bernie Sanders. You know, with Nancy Pelosi riding his coattails because she knows that she's on her way out because she's probably getting ready to retire soon and she wants something to uh, a, a small feather in her cap before she retires and goes off into the ether. Maybe she'll live in her ice cream fridge. Who knows what she's going to do? Nobody cares. But I will say one thing about Joe Biden. It's the little things that keep me from just being like, "Yeah, fuck Joe Biden," because I've already been at the "fuck Joe Biden" phase. You know, when he's like worried about what Republicans think, I'm like, "Dude, you have the majority." You know, uh, do you know why FDR and and uh, Lyndon Johnson, why they were so effective as presidents? why they got so much stuff done, Lyndon Johnson got the, uh, the civil rights thing done, even though civil rights pretty much decimated Democrats in the South. And they've never, they haven't recovered in what, 60 years? He still got them to vote for it. You know why? Because he was ruthless. Uh, FDR, ruthless. Everybody always oh, sees FDR, You know, he's in his, he's in his wheelchair because you know, he suffered from, from polio as a kid and his fireside chats and all that other stuff. But politically, he was a monster in a good way because he was a monster for the people. And what did that get him? He was pretty much president for life. He died in office. They invented term limits because of FDR.
2: But he got stuff done because he wasn't afraid to destroy somebody's political career if they didn't work for the people. So this whole notion of, oh,
1: well, we got to come together and bipartisan, get the fuck
2: out of here with that bipartisan horse shit. Nothing good has ever come of a bipartisan deal, nothing. It's always basically
1: Republicans uh, dragging back the progress that Democrats are trying to do. That's bipartisanship. But the one thing, and it's probably a small thing, it's a local thing. Uh, finally, Biden's Department of Justice is now going after Texas for their abortion bill. Okay? This is from NBC News uh, from a few days ago. The Biden administration is filing a lawsuit against Texas, challenging its near total ban on abortions, which the Supreme Court declined to block last week. Attorney General Merrick Garland said to uh, said Thursday that the Justice Department filed a suit against Texas over its law, which he called clearly unconstitutional under long-standing Supreme Court precedent. The United States has the authority and the responsibility to ensure that no state can deprive individuals of their constitutional rights to legis- to a legislative scheme specifically designed to prevent the individuals, I'm sorry, to, to prevent the vindication of those rights, Garland said at a news conference. The lawsuit filed Thursday in federal court in Texas argues that the law is unconstitutional and was enacted in open defiance of the Constitution. Now, here's the thing. OK. Because of the Roe v. Wade ruling, abortion is now legal. Stopping abortion, making abortion illegal, will not stop the number of abortions. The number of abortions will be the same what they'll be stopping is safe and uh, effective abortions. If you ever, I mean, they used to have articles in the 50s and 60s, you know, before Roe v. Wade, of horror stories of women getting back out of the abortions and either no longer being able to have kids or dying of infections afterwards. Because if a woman wants to have an abortion, she's gonna have that abortion. So now, yes, it's good to educate, right? To let people know that abortion is not birth control, you can't just keep having abortions over and over again as a form of birth control. So there's education that needs to be had. But as far as you know, a woman's right to choose, you know, that's that's basically just some some Taliban horseshit. So it I, it seemed like there was a point where the Biden administration wasn't going to get involved. And then they got involved. So I guess they were just weighing all their options to see what they could do about it. you know. And we knew this was gonna happen, but I figured it would have came. And, and I, I guess what I'm looking at is why it took them so long is because I figured they didn't wanna overplay their hand if the, uh, the state judges were gonna do it. Because if the state judges were gonna do it, uh, then they'd have no need to get
2: involved. But they didn't do it. (laughs) So now the DOJ is like, okay, we're just going to go ahead and do it. You know. Now, I know this is a part where a lot of people, where i want
1: to lose a lot of you. But Biden's vaccine mandate, I'm also for that. Now, here's the thing. I've, a lot of my friends have gotten on me lately because of my whole thing with vaccinations. I got my vaccinations back in May. You know, I think I got my first shot in April, second shot in May, and I wanted to do it before I went home to go see my family. I have an elderly dad, I I didn't want to make him sick. You know, so uh, I got my my shots, you know, and I urge people to go get their vaccinations, you know. And all of a sudden, all my friends are scientists now. I didn't realize I had so many friends in the scientific community. And I'm not being, and I don't want to be a jackass about it because these are people who I love and respect. But um, I know, Blue, I know you're younger than I am. You had to be vaccinated before you can go to school, right? When, I mean, when you were like in, uh, in, in grade school, you had to be vaccinated, right? Correct. Yeah, same thing. I'll be
0: honest, I had to be vaccinated to go back to work.
1: Yeah, and, and that's part of the, uh, the, that's part of the mandate. If you have a, if you work at a job, that has, has more than hundred people, you either have to be vaccinated or you have to submit to weekly COVID tests. So it's much easier to get vaccinated. And the thing is people are getting impatient because they wanna go back to normal. Now, here's the thing. Is the vaccine gonna make you 100% immune to the, to, the, to the virus? No, it is not, but it will greatly lessen uh the effects on you. Now, are some people who are vaccinated, have some of them died? Yes, but it's a very tiny percentage. There are what they call breakthrough cases. And as more people get vaccinated, so I think that at last count, about close to 70% of Americans have at least one shot. Like if you have like a two shot, uh like I think uh Moderna and Pfizer are two shots. I'd gotten uh, I have a Moderna, you know. One of my friends, she has Pfizer and her son got Johnson and Johnson. And I just sent him an article about the Johnson and Johnson vaccine because now, because the Johnson Johnson was single shot now they're like, am I gonna need a booster for this? Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of information. I mean, there's a difference between, hey, I need more information about this vaccine to find out what I need, or hey, I need to find out exactly what's in this thing. No one gives a shit what's in the vaccine. I'm not, and, and you know what? That's, I'm, I'm going to walk back on that. It's just that when we got vaccinated as kids, and even as later on in as, as adults, about uh, I'd say about six or seven years ago, I got a tetanus shot because my doctor had been getting on me to get a tetanus shot because I hadn't had one in, in more than 10 years. And every time I go to, her, to go in for my checkup, she was like, you got to get a tetanus shot. Because if you can't tell me how long it's been since you had a tetanus shot, you need a tetanus shot. You know what I didn't do when I finally got my tetanus
2: shot? Say, hey, doc, what's in this thing? Should I be taking this? I have no clue who's in a tetanus shot. I took the tetanus shot.
1: You know, And I'm not saying you shouldn't know what's in these things. But until this stuff became political, nobody cared. That's the point. If you had to get if you were I'm going
0: bullshit on that one, brother, we did care. In fact, we saw a high correlation between some shots and an uptick in autism in African-American males. So, yeah, we did care and we do need to know what's in our why are you putting mercury in it? Oh, we're putting mercury in it because it opens up the cells and lets the um, vaccine go into the cells. You need to figure out a better way because the mercury you put into our system hurts us and damages our brains.
1: Now, I will say this. There's no, as far as I know, and this is not something that I've studied extensively, but from what little I know about it, there's been no, like I've heard a lot of people say that um, vaccines cause autism, but there's no concrete evidence that it does. And I wanna say, I I don't wanna drag anybody's name through the mud. I wanted to say Jenny McCarthy, but don't have me up here lying but there was somebody some celebrity who was pushing the whole vaccines cause autism thing because they said that their their kid got a vaccine and then the kid got autism and then when they found out they didn't have autism they were like oh well uh i guess he's cured now and it's like no it's not that your kid had autism it's the fact that your kid was misdiagnosed and he never had autism they just misdiagnosed him you know So I understand the the fear of autism because we don't, we still don't know what causes autism. Now, yes, there is a concern about, I mean, mercury is poisonous, you know, but there are some people who actually take mercury as a a form of medicine. So it's, it's something that I need to find out more about, you know, but as far as I know, There is no concrete evidence that vaccines cause autism. You know. So, but I, you know, I joked with my sister last time I spoke to her and I was like, you know, you remember that time when uh, they told, when, uh, when they told our mom that we couldn't go to school until, unless we were vaccinated. And she went down to the school and started raising the hell and said that you guys are like Hitler. And this is like Auschwitz. And she was just like, I don't remember that. I'm like, yeah, that's because that never happened because our mom isn't a psychopath. <laughs> you know, people they don't really take that much stock in their kids. And that's not exactly true. I'm gonna, I'm just talking about the ones who are now uh all of a sudden they're at PTA meetings and all of a sudden they they you know they care about these things where they didn't before. I know plenty of moms who are uh you know, my mom was, wasn't exactly a PTA mom, but she was involved. So she would come to the school and she would talk with teachers and counselors and stuff like that. So she wasn't in every PTA meeting, but she was involved to a, to a good degree. I know a lot of my friends' parents who were involved like that. And I know a lot of my friends' parents who were also hands-off. They were like, as long as you're not coming home in the back of a cop car, we don't care. just go to school and get good grades. And that's the, and that's the end of it. But now all of a sudden they're like, well, you know, I'm going to run against you in the next school board election because you're making my kid wear a mask or, you know, all this other ridiculousness. The whole thing about a mask is that a mask does not necessarily prevent you from getting COVID. It prevents you from spreading COVID to other people. That's why your mask has to cover your nose and mouth to prevent you from spreading your germs onto other people, you know? There was a woman, and she worked for SAP. I don't know much about SAP, but I think they have, they have there's SAP out here in, in North Carolina, right? I think they have an office out here, and- Yeah, they're putting,
0: yeah, I've seen it somewhere in the RTP.
1: And from what little I know about them, it's a really good place to work for, you know? There was a woman who was at a school. You do
0: indeed know very
1: little. Oh, okay. <laughs> like I said, uh, I've heard some people talk about it, but I, I don't even put it like this I don't even know what they do. I just know the name from like showing up in like local publications and stuff like that. Now, and people heard a couple of people say, oh, SAP, they're a good company to work for. I, like I said, I don't even know what they do. Something with computers, I don't know. But there was a woman. She was a. They just described her as a middle-aged woman. There was a video of her in a supermarket, like, uh, bothering people. She was like coughing on people and trying to be a smartass about it. And she worked for SAP, uh, and they fired her. They put on their Twitter feed like they had a video of the incident in the in the supermarket, and they were just like, "Yeah, uh, this woman no longer works
2: for us." You know. It's not worth your job to
1: to do stuff like that, you know? Like, it's getting really serious with this. We don't want to go through another fall and winter dealing with COVID. But that is going to happen because a lot of people are hesitant to get vaccinated. I, I have a couple of nephews who don't want to get vaccinated. And I'm trying to convince them to get vaccinated, you know? And basically you know, because, and there's nothing political, like my nephews are not political. It's just that they hear all this stuff on the internet and they hear all this stuff on TikTok and they're just like, and they don't know, you know, they're concerned about what's in it and they're concerned about what it's gonna to do to them. And that's legitimate, that's a legitimate fear, you know.
2: It's kind of like uh, what Patton Oswald talked about, uh, people who are against gays. Right.
1: And if they and they say, well, I don't like uh, homosexuality because two guys having butt sex or two women having scissor sex, it, it deflates my boner and it just makes me, you know, feel weird. He was like, I could debate you on that. You know, we could have a conversation about that. You know, there are some people who have fears about the vaccine where it's like, we could talk about that. We could I could debate you on that. And not even as a debate, because it's not like some political mumbo jumbo. It's about health. So, you know, we could talk about that. We could have a normal conversation about that. But if, it's, if you're politicizing healthcare, that's a hard conversation to have. It really is, you know. Now, I will say one thing before I get off the Joe Biden thing. Uh, I've given him too much praise, and it makes me feel uncomfortable. (laughs) Uh, Biden, when he was talking about the vaccine mandates, he kind of threw a a snap jab at Fox News, because in his press conference, he mentioned that Fox News has a vaccine mandate. That is 100% true. If you work at Fox News in the studio, you have to be vaccinated or else you can't work in the studio. And all the hosts uh, that are on there are vaccinated. So Janine Pirro and uh, Maria Bartiromo and all of them, they're all vaccinated, but they're telling other people not to get vaccinated or doing what, uh, not Steve Ducey, because Steve Ducey lately has been like the voice of reason on uh, Fox and Friends and the other jackass, I forget his name, some doofus, but he's out there saying, well, I, well, I'm vaccinated, but if you want to get vaccinated, that's your choice because you have freedom of choice and all this other stuff. So he's basically just, if people on the fence, he's keeping them on the fence, but he's vaccinated. Rupert Murdoch actually got vaccinated in 2020. Most people I know didn't get vaccinated until spring of 2021. He'd been vaccinated for months before that because he didn't want to get COVID. So he uses rich people powers to get vaccinated, what, six months before everybody else? Because he's not an idiot. He knows what this thing can do.
2: Uh, I, just yo, saw, I just
0: saw this I just saw this thing and the guy was like, yo, he's like, you telling people not to get the shot? Well, here's your shot. And he shot him in his chest.
2: Did that really happen?
0: No, nah, I just had a, you know, I'd be having like, imagine, you know, cause I, I hallucinate cause I, I'd be off my bed. <laughs> I just saw that shit. Though. That shit was crazy, yo.
1: But here's the thing, and, and I didn't mean to ask ask about it like that, but, you know, in this uh, this political climate, that could definitely happen. I went to, uh, there's a restaurant up the street for me called uh, called Max, and I went there, uh, what was it, Sunday? I went to go get a burger because I was just tired of just eating whatever I've been whipping up here at, at the apartment. I'm like, let me go up the street and get a burger, right? And... It was just packed full of people who, uh, actually it was a Saturday because college football was on. And um, they weren't wearing masks. The waitresses weren't wearing masks, you know, and there were they had kids there and, you know, they were younger than 12. So they, you know, I don't know if they need to wear masks if they're under 12, but I mean, but they were looking at me like I was the moron. Like I was the idiot because I walked in wearing a mask. And I'm like, yeah, let me just sit all the way in a corner away from everybody else. <laughs> let me just eat my burger and leave. You know, I should have taken it to go. I really should have at that point. But there are some people, I mean, North Carolina, what they have like 5,000 cases yesterday, 5,000 new cases. Yes, just yesterday alone, you know. And people just walking around like everything is good, you know. But speaking of everything being good, uh, the recall vote happened uh, yesterday and Gavin Newsom won in a landslide. So basically what happened was the Republicans took advantage of people's displeasure about the, about the, the lockdown that Gavin Newsom uh, instituted, right? between the lockdown and kids not going back to school and people were just frustrated and angry because they were out of work. And the Republicans scrambled and got uh, the one and a half million votes needed to do a recall election, right? And basically, uh, Gavin Newsom won. So basically, it's either, uh, I think it's either you vote no recall or you vote for one of the, uh, the MAGA chuds that are on the ballot. I think there was like 40 something people on the ballot including Caitlyn Jenner, who I'll talk about in a moment. But um, yeah, it was pretty much a landslide. And I was, I was being a little bit pessimistic because in the beginning you had like Bette Midler and George Takai and they were out there begging young people to come vote. And I I always say this about the Democrats, especially corporate Democrats, like the ones that run California. If you support young people, they will support you. So millennials and Gen Z, at least the ones that are able to vote, like my nephew can vote now. Actually, I just have another nephew who just turned 18 this year. So he's able to vote now, you know? And if if you support them, they will support you through hell or high water. But they're also easily disillusioned. So if you're not doing shit for them, they'll just be like, shit, I'll just fucking stay home and play Fortnite. I'm not getting up for this shit. So a lot of those ballots were not coming back right away. So all these California celebrities were all on Twitter begging young people to go out and vote. But they didn't really, you know, I mean, they voted and, and knew someone Now, here's the thing. The lead Republican that they wanted was some guy named Larry Elder. I'm not going to go into a whole big thing about Larry Elder, but all I'll say is this. Larry Elder believes, and he's he's an African-American dude, too. He believes that slave owners should be the ones getting reparations, not not the descendants of former slaves, but the descendants of slave owners should be getting reparations. You know why? Because they lost their slaves. They lost their livelihoods. Oh. oh, you owned a human being and now you didn't own that human being anymore and now you should get compensation. Get the fuck out of here. I, these are the people that Republicans find to represent them. And sometimes they make it in the office like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene.
0: The funny thing about that is this murk. there's descendants of slaves that were also children of slave owners. In fact, I can say maybe up to 60% of them
2: hello i'm still here now if you're talking about um now he's talking about like actual not like families of slaves like
1: that but like actual slave owners like the actual plantation owners like their family should be the ones getting uh reparations and i
0: understand that but what i'm saying their family he might have had a little dipping in you know sally Mae. A slave and father, some biracial children. So aren't they too descendants of that slave master?
1: They may be descendants of that slave master, but they but they would still fall under the fact of being a former slave. And they would and they would be eligible for reparations under, on, under normal circumstances anyway. So if you're like an actual, like if you were an actual slave owner, you you shouldn't get any reparations because all this, you know, like why? Why would you get reparations? So if you had, if you uh, had a, I'll just call the relationship. The funny
0: thing about that is a a couple of banks, one of them comes to mind, Bank of America, actually was in the slave trade and made a lot of their money off the slave trade. You know, Bank of America is actually a French-based (laughs) bank. Anyways, um, I mean, how, this is just some weird thing. You know, that's why they won't get reparations because there's too much fallout that will cause many institutions to fail.
1: Yeah, I mean, and people, I mean, when Bank of America tried to do, and I bank with Bank of America too, you know, but when they tried to do this whole thing, like there were fees that they were eating from these businesses and they tried to push that off on consumers by charging extra money to use ATMs. And this was like 10 years ago, this happened. Bank of America lost like a million customers basically in a week because people closed their accounts and went with credit unions. Who don't really charge a lot of exorbitant fees you know i have to actually close my savings account because number one there's never any money in it so i'm just paying five bucks a month for nothing and also because but i was using it as kind of like uh so for instance like when i get paid if i have people that need to take out of my account i just put in a savings account and let them take out of the savings account they're no longer allowing people to do that anymore so you can't basically like you can't write checks from your savings account anymore, and then you can't have people take electronic funds transfers from your savings account anymore. So I'm like, if that's the case, I don't need the
2: savings account then. I'm just gonna go ahead and close it, and be done with it, and to do everything from my checking account. Yeah. But
1: I'm off the I'm off track here because we're almost out of time. Uh, one of the, one of the big things that helped the California recall is mail-in ballots. Because of the pandemic, they sent mail-in ballots to everybody. So all registered voters got a mail-in ballot. You know, they tried to the fear about, oh, illegal immigrants are going to vote. How are they going to vote? They don't have IDs. Now, granted, one of, one of the sticking points that people had about Newsom, and I have to look into this, don't have me lying up in here. I think he uh, tried to do this thing where even illegal immigrants could get driver's licenses. So I have to look into that. I don't want to tell lies about that. And that was another reason why Republicans were pissed at him, you know? But now they were talking about getting rid of the recall process in California. And I'm just like, that may be a bad idea. They call it like direct democracy where people could just vote on certain things directly. Like you have a lot of people who have ballot initiatives but then they try to mess them up. Like in Florida, they had a ballot initiative to raise the minimum wage to 15 bucks. But uh, the legislature had a hand in it and then they were trying to to delay that and mess that up. They even had one in Florida that allowed uh, felons to vote again after they've completed, like if you're a nonviolent offender, that after you complete your probation, you could vote again. And the legislature tried to jump in and mess that up as well. But in California, as far as I know, it's just direct democracy. Like once it's done, it's done. I will look into that as well just to be on the safe side. But uh, I think that getting rid of it would be a bad idea because that would kind of make them like the Republicans in that respect. Basically, so long as you're doing a good job, even if they try to do a recall, you're basically going to win your recall. Like Gray Davis, when he lost his recall election 10 years ago, he wasn't a very good governor. You know, and that's why he lost to Schwarzenegger. (laughs) The Terminator was the governor of California of the largest state in the union, go figure, you know. But uh, the recall election was a waste of time and it took a lot of focus away from the things that really need to be dealt with in California. Like all the wildfires that have been raging for the last, oh, I don't know, six weeks. And that's not an exaggeration. They've had wildfires out there raging
2: pretty much for most of the summer. They should be worrying about that instead of worrying about recall elections.
1: You know. But what are you going to do? I, I will say one thing before we wrap up. They had the Met Gala uh, the other day. And Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez was there in a designer dress and it had tax to rich on the back of the dress. And of course, Republicans lost their minds. You know, here's the thing. I don't really care about rich people in charity. Like when rich people come up and they're just like, "Oh, I gave a million dollars to the to the ballet. Aren't I a good person? I gave a hundred thousand dollars to the food bank. Aren't I a good person?" Yeah. Here's the thing. You're giving a million dollars here, a hundred thousand dollars here, but you basically found a way to get out of two hundred million dollars in taxes. So if you if rich people pay their fair share of taxes, you can build as many rocket ships as you want. You could build your own Starfleet, as far as I'm concerned. Because as so long as you pay your fair share of taxes, what you do with your money is your business. If you're starving your workers, like, I'm gonna just, just going to make up a person out of thin air, let's just call him Jeff Bezos. If you're starving your workers to the point where your full-time workers are on welfare and living in their cars, And you're building a fucking rocket ship. uh, We're going to have words about that. We're going to talk about that. You're not going to be, you know, the the critical darling that you think you're going to be. But if you uh, paid your fair share of taxes, you could build a rocket to Jupiter as far as I'm concerned. You could could coat all your cars in platinum as far as I'm concerned. You could fill your swimming pool with champagne. I don't give a fuck. Pay your fucking taxes, you ridiculous ghouls. So instead of getting mad at AOC for wearing a dress that says tax the rich, we should get mad at all the congressmen who refuse to tax the rich because those rich people are- Wait, wait,
0: wait, on a damn thing in New York, LA, and Florida.
2: Who's that? A-
0: AOC, ain't she considered rich, bitch?
1: No. Who told you that? AOC probably has an apartment in DC and then maybe I don't know where she lives in New York. But that's it as, as far as I know. Now, AOC is not rich like that. She's only been in Congress for a couple of years. You know, I mean, she gets a salary from Congress. I think I think their salary is like a hundred grand a year or something like that. But that, that definitely ain't rich in New York. A <laughs> hundred grand in New York is like, what like fifty grand in 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 uh, North Carolina? So yeah. Now I would not say that she's rich. Not by any stretch of the image. Nancy Pelosi is rich. She's worth like 120 million dollars. She's rich.
2: You know. But uh but AOC definitely not rich. So. Uh, one fun thing before we wrap up, uh Blue. I didn't I didn't bother watching it because I'm not a fan, but did you watch the verses between Fat Joe and Ja Rule? I heard Fat Joe didn't do good.
1: I'm probably gonna have to give it a, a little bit of a watch, even though ja Rule
0: I got a got a crazy catalog. Because you gotta think it's not just Ja Rule as a solo artist, it's his contributions. Like he this we have to give him his his credit where his credit is due. Yeah,
1: he wrote a lot of songs
0: with Ashanti, you know what I'm saying? And she's phenomenal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Fat Joe picked the fight he couldn't win. You know, I'm pretty sure he did lean back and you know, some of some of his other stuff. It's not like Big Pun was still alive to, to do uh deep cover with him, you know, or stuff like that. So yeah, I mean, I know Fat Joe had a really good time at that locks and dip set uh, uh, verses, but he, I think he bit up more than he could chew with, uh, with, with Ja Rule because I mean, I don't like Ja Rule's music, but a lot of people I know did. They, they
2: swore by Ja Rule,
1: you know, and, and, and here's the thing. I mean, I may not be a fan, but I'm not going to be, I, I gotta say, I mean, he did a lot of goofy pop stuff, but he could rap ja Rule can rap like i'm not gonna sit there and be like oh ja Rule sucks just because i don't like his music he he got skills he could rap so uh yeah i think he i, I mean if what i i'm probably gonna watch some of it but you know he might have been enough more and he could chew on that one i kept seeing all the the r.i.p fat joe stuff and people were like the fat joe died i know like, no, no it was from the versus battle <laughs> Matt Joe's still alive, although he's, he's, he's really feeling it, feeling those lumps, you know, he let his pride get the
2: best of him. So, Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? My final thoughts is
0: watch less TV, read more books.
2: I, I, I don't know why I find it harder
1: nowadays to read books, I used to read so many books when I was younger. You know, not just like uh, Stephen King and, and and stuff like that, but I, I for uh for a summer, I think it was the most woke I'd ever been in my life. I worked at an African bookstore for like uh for a few months, and yeah, I spent some of my paycheck buying those books. You know, I've I I still it's still laying around here someplace. I got to find it. If not, I got I gotta buy another one. There was a book I had called A hundred Years of Lynchings. And it was basically, there was no commentary. It was basically just all newspaper clippings of lynchings. And it's pretty chilling stuff. Like they, they could lynch somebody and then just make just write an article in the paper about it. Like it was something, like it was something normal. Like now it would be uh, it would be a major hate crime. And if anybody was, it was lynching somebody, you would get at least, I don't know, 25 years bare minimum. But back then you could lynch somebody and then you could just put it in the paper. Like it was just something like, like it was like a, 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 like it was a like fresh fest or a summer barbecue or something like that, you know? But I do wanna get back to reading more books. Like I stopped playing World of Warcraft so now I have a little bit more time on my hands but I find it hard. Like, I guess my attention span has just been destroyed over the last few years being on social media. And I find it, I to be able to just be able to, you know, get into a book and read like five, six chapters a night before I fall asleep. Maybe you have to reread the last chapter because I was falling asleep. And now I get like 10 pages in and I'm ready to go to sleep. So I got to get back into reading books. I agree with you hundred percent, you know? And I I will say this, if you're gonna get back into reading, kind of mix it up. Get a a fiction and,
2: and nonfiction, you know, and just mix it up, so, all right. Mr. Blue, play us off, sir.
0: Well, please, subscribe to the Urban Breakdown podcast featuring hit shows such as Politrix, with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies, and our featured show, our hit show, 360 Degrees, featuring Mercer Prescott, Odie, Van, Mercedes, and every now and again, depending on what he got going on in the world in L.A., F. Christopher Blue, founded by our
2: brother, like no other, Charles the Saint. Be well, be great.